0: Hello, Money Multipliers, and welcome back to another episode of The Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and again, I'm joined here with my friend, my colleague, also my mentor as well, Jonah Dew. So Jonah, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fine, fine. Kind words, Hannah, kind words. Thank you this morning. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, anyways, um, actually, I didn't ask you. You know, we're we're talking here. It's on Wednesday, what I call Hump Day. What What do you got going on today? Uh,
1: lots of lots of helping folks today. Actually, I think I've got a full slate on my uh, calendar, completely booked up today. Maybe a few open areas. So I'm going to be on the phone a little bit today, helping lots of people talk about their policies, answering lots and lots of questions. So uh, Wednesdays are generally like that mid mid midweek, I guess. Most people, uh, you know, maybe on Monday, they formulate a question by Wednesday, they want it answered, you know, so they can start implementing something by the end of the week, maybe. But uh, yeah, that's that's what my day looks like uh, today specifically. Uh, actually, I do have one other thing to mention. Um, we had talked a little bit earlier in an earlier episode about some of the uses we were doing with our uh, cash value. Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned that I had done a private lending deal uh, previously. So actually today I was told yesterday I'm supposed to be getting that that payment back today. It's a certified check showing up in the mail I got to sign for it. So uh no lunch meetings outside of the house today. Today's uh getting a getting a private lending deal uh kind of back. So that's also that's also super fun.
0: That's nice. That's nice. Actually, to kind of go on that topic, on Monday this week, I just uh, took out another chunk of money from my policy and I put it into a 10% investment, a private lending deal. So I'm right there with you. I'm waiting for my uh, return checks, though, now.
1: (laughs) There it is. There it is. That's very cool. Yeah. So uh, so I'll make sure I'm here all day. And, uh, I'll, I'll be waiting for the mailman, you know, it's, it's, I'm like a kid again, you know, every time the truck drives by, i run to the door and see hey. if it, is it the check? Is it back? <laughs> But, uh, and
0: actually, we'll, we'll get into that too because uh, as when when you said that, it put the thought in my mind about about how dad, you know, when we go out and we teach this uh, live uh, and do live seminars, you know, so my father Brent Kessler, he'll get up in the room and and you know one one person they'll you know they'll ask the question of, well, when do I stop paying my premium? And and dad always goes, well, if we're good coaches, you'll understand why you never want to stop paying that premium. Because me, I'm in my boxers doing a little happy dance at the front door when the mailman comes by saying, hey, Brent, your premiums come and do. So th- it's a good segue into really our topic today of should you put all of your income into a policy? Should you put your monthly bills and monthly expenses? And should that go into the policy premium? So that's really the topic that I wanted to cover uh, here today. And why would you want to do it? And why would some people say it's not good to do it? So Jonah, do you want to lead us off? Do you have some initial thoughts you want to cover first?
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think we should backtrack just a second and let the folks know exactly how someone would come to this question, right? So a lot of times when we are getting folks started with the infinite banking concept, we have done uh, maybe a live presentation in front of a room, or of course we have a recorded one that folks can watch on the internet. But afterward, if they want to get started, we've kind of made it a habit over here at the Money Multiplier to let that new person decide what their premiums are, right? We don't actually go out and tell them, okay, Hannah, you saw our information. That's awesome. You should deposit $50,000 into the policy. ready to go? Right? Because we don't know if you've got that. You know what I mean? Uh, And you can put in anything you like. And of course, uh, if you understand well, you'd put in as much as you uh, can. But at the same time, we're not jumping into your personal finance from the get-go, from the offset to be able to tell you exactly what that premium is. So sometimes folks who are really thinking and really want to get the policy to maximize and work for them ask this question, right? What about if I put in my whole paycheck every week, every two weeks, every month? What about if I did all of my income right away into the policy? So yes, I have some initial thoughts. And I've got initial thoughts on a couple different levels. So I'll say one or two. I'll let you jump in and say one or two. And then we'll come back and we'll dissect them all. Does that work?
0: Cool. All
1: right, cool. So my first initial thought is, yes, that's an awesome idea. That's an awesome idea. I think Nelson's got something in his book to say about that. We'll read that just in a little bit later. But the first thing that you should be aware of is that once you put all of your income into the policy, we are going to use the cash value in order to pay things, pay expenses, pay bills, buy new things. And so because the cash value first year, this is specific, I'm really only talking about first year, right? But because the cash value is not equal to the premium in the first year, if you were to put your entire paycheck into your brand new policy, you are in kind of in related terms taking a pretty big pay cut because you're not going to have all of that money dollar for dollar coming out of the policy in cash value right away. And so if you are the type of person that, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll throw a number out here. If you make $5,000 a month, $60,000 a year, and you decide to put all 60,000 into your paycheck, pay uh into your policy your brand new policy, your cash value is going to be thirty forty forty five thousand right does that make sense yes. it'll it'll be it'll be not dollar for dollar not equal to your premium deposit and so really a lot of people aren't set up to live that way a lot of people aren't set up to take a ten to fifteen to twenty thousand dollar pay cut and still make it, right? And still pay all their bills. So while that's a worthy, worthy, worthy goal, it's not somewhere you normally start. Hannah, what do you think?
0: no I agree with you um what I would say is I agree right so like when I first started getting into this stuff you know I did not have and I did not put my full income into policies you know at the time I was just a waitress you know and and really I, I just started my first policy at five thousand a year and obviously I was making more than five thousand a year in premium or in, in income excuse me an in income but but I do agree that as time goes on you can reach that goal to have income to equal premium so so nelson tells us it takes uh, an average of 15 to 25 years to reach this goal so it's not the first onset thing of what's going to happen so here i'll read from nelson's book becoming your own banker it's on page 48 and it's the first section of, of uh, how he opens this uh, uh, section of expanding the system them to accommodate all income so Nelson says it always sounds a bit strange to people when I say premiums and income should match let's start with the very basic fact doesn't all your money go through somebody else's bank now meaning Bank of America Wells Fargo etc when you get your paycheck what do you do with it right you deposit it in somebody else's bank. Then you write checks against it to buy the things you want in life. While it is in the bank, the banker lends your money to someone else and makes a good living doing it. So so, so essentially what Nelson is saying here is, is that you know you, you do want to reach that point to have all income through running through. Through the policies first, because you now are going to be that own banker in your life, where you're lending it back out to you or to somebody else to buy the items that you want to purchase in life. So, 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 like I said, it's not a on the forefront. This is how we're going to start it: income into policies right off the bat. Now, I will play a little devil's advocate because Dad has told me before. Well, Hannah, you know, if somebody is bringing in sixty thousand a year, but they got 1 million 2 million dollars sitting in the bank then maybe it is okay if they start this policy with 60,000 going in the first year but those are those those rare uh, scenarios right
1: yeah uh so i absolutely agree especially with the little caveat if you've got more than that dollar amount your annual income sitting somewhere else and again it doesn't have to just be sitting in a bank we've got lots of people who have decided to start policies uh, with money that they had sitting in other places right sitting in qualified plans or sitting in uh, equity in their home Um, So we've got lots of people who decide that. But there are some rare cases where it it does make more sense, of course, to start a policy that way. So uh, yeah, and of course, if that's you, we'd kind of walk you through it, right? We'd walk you through it. Now, uh, here's a, a kind of a follow-up question that I've got for you, Hannah, because this sometimes is is literally like chasing our first question, right? First yeah. question, should I put my whole paycheck? Should I do my whole premium in there? Generally, we're going to give the same answer. Everyone around here is going to give the same answer. Uh, while it's a goal you want to hit, while that is the end goal, that's just not normally where you start, just like you said uh, Nelson says it's going to take us 15 to 20 years to get there. I'm only, uh, I guess my oldest policy is six or seven years old now, and I'm not there yet. Right. I do not have my full income in policy premium. I do have more than one policy. I do actively start new policies, but it still is not equal to my entire premium as of yet. So I'm work That's a goal I'm still working toward
0: Yes. now, but
1: here's the follow-up question. That's like shortly thereafter most of the time most of the time they're going okay well well when i the reason i wanted to put all of my money into premium is because i really wanted to stop using my own money to pay like my expenses and stuff i really wanted to start using cash value to pay for my power bill and my netflix and my gas and my groceries i really wanted to do that i i heard we could do that That's what I wanted to do. That's why my initial thought was, let me put my whole paycheck in here. Hannah, what are your thoughts on someone who follows up with that type of question right away?
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. They're thinking it is not off. Um, in my opinion, I think they're doing very well with the creative thinking of how they can implement their banking policy in their life. Um, however, in my opinion, I think there's better use for that money. I am not saying that you cannot use the policy to help pay for those monthly expenses. However, in my opinion, there's better ways to use that money. So, 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 right, like I would rather use that money to go out and pay for a large uh, expense of an item, whether it be like, like Joan, I actually remember when you were coaching me, when I got into this about five years ago, I remember you had a surgery, um, you were playing basketball or something, you hurt your leg and you had the surgery and you said, and I was talking to you about the same topic and you said, well, Hey, I would rather use my policy money to pay for the surgery, that larger bill item rather than my $15 a month phone bill. So, so those larger ticketed items and, and in Investments is what I think that you should start off by using the policy for. Now, later down the road though, because I'm sitting over here, I will definitely take out a policy loan. If I rack up a high credit card bill that month, I'll use my policy money to help pay for my credit card expense that month. Absolutely, I've done it before. Because as time goes on, right inside of the policy, our borrowing power becomes stronger and stronger. So we are gonna get to that point where you put in $1 dollar into the policy, that policy is going to be growing by $1.50, $2 now later down the road. So then yes, you know, in that instance, when I'm in my efficiency years, then I don't find a problem with using the policy money to help pay for those monthly expenses. However, in my perfect world, I would rather have my income investments pay for my monthly expenses. That's where my thought process is coming from.
1: I love that I love that answer. A lot of times, um, people ask us as well, they say, kind of it, it's really tied into the question. They say, "Well, if I am using the money from my policy, I know that the insurance company is going to charge me some interest to use that money. Mm-hmm. So kind of the school of thought where we're coming from is, again, you can use your policy to pay for your expenses, but you're using a policy which will charge you a little bit of interest to pay for an expense that didn't have interest attached to it. At all, right? You don't have interest on your power bill normally and your Netflix and your car insurance. Right. So you're using a policy loan to pay for something. Uh, again, they're going to charge you a little bit of interest to pay for something that didn't have any interest attached to it. So you're kind of incurring an interest charge now. And then you, of course, to be your own banker, you want to repay that policy loan. With extra as well. So, if you took $100 for the phone bill, you actually want to put $105, right? $110 back in your policy. That's becoming your own banker. And then you, of course, got the interest charge from the insurance company at the end of the year. So, you've actually incurred just a little bit of cost by using your money, your policy loan to pay for the expenses. Where at the same time, you could use your policy loan to pay off interest. Bearing accounts, interest if you have debts to pay those off. Or of course, like many of us do around here, like we was just talking about at the beginning of the episode, we use those policy loans to go make more money, right? In some sort of uh, private lending deal or some sort of plan or account, whatever you like to do, whatever you have going on. So Uh, Again, I've got an interest charge incurring from the insurance company to borrow the money, but I just went and put that money into a a, a private lending deal that's going to turn around a few thousand dollars for me when this all pays out, right? So the amount of interest that I am charged is minuscule to the amount of, of money that I just earned. Yes. Now some people say, I just actually recently got this question maybe once or twice even in the last week, but they say, Well, if the insurance company is charging me this much, four or five percent, but I can go get money from a bank at one or two percent, why use the insurance company's money over over the conventional bank's money, right? Good. So I think there's really two schools of thought to that question and answer. The first is the financials, the dollars, the, you know, get a calculator out and add it up type idea. And the second is when we talk about control. So, Hannah, I'll talk about the numbers if that's all right. I want you to talk about control. What's your take on control? Should I use a regular bank or should I use my policy?
0: Good question. Uh, The answer It depends on how honest and how disciplined of a banker you are. In my personal opinion, if I can go down to the bank and get a loan at 2%, 3%, I'm okay to use the banker's money. However, I need to understand that I am now in debt to that banker. So if I'm not putting that money to use or if I'm not paying back that loan to the banker, they're gonna come and seize that collateral that I went out and I gave them so that I, I would promise to return that loan back to them, right? So, So if I, the bankers don't care if I have a tough month, you know, if a family member passes away and I'm out of commission, for a month or so right The bankers don't care about that the bankers just care if they get their money so so in my personal opinion, I know myself and, and everybody should know themselves. There no, you do not know anybody better than how you know you. And so I know myself and I know that I am disciplined with my money, that I'm okay to go down to the bank if they're handing out deals for great rates and using that money to go and further capitalize on and to further leverage and build what I'm doing over here. Now, however, like I said, the control factor though, you have complete Okay. Uh- total control inside of the policy when you're not involving the banks in your life right what i mean by that and what we teach and preach all day long is is that policy loans are never required to be paid back to the insurance company the principal of the loan is never required to be paid back you know even the interest on the loan is not required to pay back be paid back however we always tell you 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 must well I, well i tell you you must but i, I always say you should you should, you should always pay back that loan interest. So now if I'm using my policy loan money, you know, right now it's 5% simple interest to go out and use that money. However, I'm in control. Who cares if I don't pay myself back because Hannah's not going to come and repo her car, her own car off her own lot, right? So I'm the one in control there.
1: I like that answer. I like that answer a lot. A lot of people don't put as much value in control, right? We live in this kind of, and it's just human nature, but we live in this kind of, oh, everything's everything will be all right type scenario and never thinking that tomorrow something could go very wrong. And so being in control of the situation, of the deal, of the financing is huge. I would much rather be in control, especially when you talk about interest costs and paying things back when you think of it over long term. We would, we would go out of our way. I know, I know hundreds of people who would go out of their way to go get a loan at 4% instead of a set of four and a half, right? Yeah. I want the four instead of four and a half. But when you really think about it over the course of a 10-year period, a 20-year period, we're talking about a few hundred dollars for the fact that you can have control the whole mm-hmm. time. I can skip months. I can have bad months. I can decide to give money to my family or friends if they're in need and come back to my payment a little later. All of that stuff, right? Because I'm in control. So the other aspect that I said I was going to talk about is just the uh, the uh, the dollars, the dollars and cents, right? So there's two things here that I want to just touch on. The first is, sure, go use that money from the bank if the bank's offering a lower interest rate or percentage rate. But reminder that it only makes sense, pun intended, it only makes sense if you've got an, enough money somewhere else that's earning, right? Yes. You've got zero dollars in your pocket. You go down to the bank and get a loan. You're just incurring yourself a charge, right? Yes. It's the fact that we're saying you can use the bank's money or the insurance company's money when you, when you choose as long as you've got money somewhere that's earning, It can even be earning at a lower interest rate or or percentage rate if you've got longevity there because over time, it will grow higher than the interest cost you'll incur while you pay back your loan. So don't forget that. So it's still starting with, I've got a policy and premiums paid and it's earning for me and I'm going to get dividends and then I'm deciding which money to go use. doesn't make sense to take the money out of the system that's now paying you. Where should I get the money from? Whether it's a cash value loan or whether it's from the bank. If I'm disciplined and I'm going, listen, I'm going to take the money out. I'm going to go put it in this deal. The deal's going to pay me back in a year and I'm paying this thing off. Well, then I might go take it from the bank as well if they're offering great deals on the Mm -hmm. money, right? If the rates are right. But at the same time, if I'm going, hmm. My my life might get a little tough. I got kids going to school. I got family coming in town. I've got you know cars kind of on its last leg. Whatever it might be, I, I'd probably still choose to use the money from my policy instead Agreed. because I've got the control. If something happens, I, I've got time. I've got space. I've got the ability to adjust things before I before I keep moving. And no one's coming to to get my car or, or foreclose my house, right? Because I used my policy to do that. So all of those questions relate really closely to that original thought and idea. Should I put my whole paycheck in my policy? And again, we, we did dive a little bit off off uh, topic, but really it was because these questions are, are normally followed up, right? I wanted to put my full paycheck in because, and that's really what we wanted to dive into uh, in today's episode.
0: Good, good, and actually, it kind of brings me back to you know, because some people will say, "Well, hey, Nelson Nash's rule number four is don't do business with the banks." So let's just touch on that for a, what one second here, because um, so I agree, right? And we all got to understand where Nelson came from, his time uh, of when he was uh, here, and and the decades that that he has lived. So so I agree, you know, you do not want to involve the bankers in your life because you are losing that control factor of it. So I hope we hit that one, uh, uh, the nail on the head there. So no, so I'm good. I I have no other thoughts to to share on this topic. Uh, Please, you know, if you have more questions and you want to dive in deeper into this and this topic has sparked even more questions, reach out to us. So you can find us on themoneymultiplier.com and um, you can email us there, call us there. uh, We're we're an open book, as Jonah says. So Jonah, what, what are the events that we got coming up?
1: Yeah, we've got a few. Uh, So you have to forgive me. It's either, um, I know that your, your dad is in Ohio currently. Is that right?
0: Actually, yeah. No, just came home last night.
1: Just came home last night. Okay. So Ohio, uh, if you're in Ohio, you have just missed our, our latest live banking presentation, but still reach out and let us know you're there. So that way maybe we can invite you for the next one if you're interested. But as far as upcoming events, I believe this Saturday, which is July 16th, Uh, Brent Kessler himself will be in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, or actually Stone Mountain, Georgia, and uh, I'll actually be there with him. So it'll be Brent and Jonah. Uh, So if you're interested in meeting us, seeing us, and you're in or around the Atlanta Stone Mountain, Georgia area, that is where we'll be this Saturday, uh, 10 a.m. for a live banking presentation. Of course, uh, we've got Hannah still headed to Gilbert, Arizona on the 28th of July. Is that right?
0: That's right. That's right. And even before that, though, uh, July 23rd. So the following Saturday, not this Saturday, the following Saturday, if you're in Florida with myself, you know, we're we're, we're here in Daytona Beach. Uh, I'm driving a little bit south and I'll be speaking in Fort Lauderdale. So so if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, you just let me know if you'd like to attend. I'll get you in.
1: That's that's awesome. So Saturday, July 23rd, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That is um that is July 28th, which is a Thursday, Gilbert, Arizona. Now July 29th and 30th will be Buffalo, New York. That'll be Chris Noggle, uh, Brent Kessler, Hannah will be there. And uh, that will be a, a in-person boot camp event for those two days, July 29th and 30th uh, as well. And uh, I believe those are all of our events that are lined up right now for the month of July. As we get more events and as folks uh, ask us to come and speak to their audiences or speak to their families and friends, we will, of course, let you know. Those are the events for July. We would love to see you there if you're around the area uh, in any of those towns. Just reach out and let us know. And, of course, uh, same as we asked you previously, if you've got topics that you would love us to discuss, reach out reach out and ask, submit those topics. We'd love to answer them on a next episode.
0: Awesome. All right. And don't forget, you know, uh, leave us five stars, comment below, tell us your thoughts on this podcast. We want to hear uh, your thoughts, your ideas, your suggestions as we move through this uh, and the wealth train moving down the tracks. And hopefully you're on this train with us. So all right. Well, thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next week. See you then.